And when does this end? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's got to be soon. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> okay, you know, been better. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm finally done with my stupid semester, so that's nice. Yay. But I'm just slightly grumpy because I just walked the dogs and Coconut was being a jerk face. Was she being a jerk to other so, dogs? Of course, yeah. Whenever we come across another dog, she wants to threaten it and try to eat its face and is completely unruly and uh, stops listening to any of her commands and is just a nightmare, so. Oh, so, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's especially good when I just happen to be walking within 10 or 15 feet of the person, and so she's either trying to pull insanely hard to catch up with them or obsessively trying to pull backwards if they're behind Aww. us, so that's oh, fun. puppy. Yeah. Stupid dog. And yes, she's gone to obedience classes and we've worked with her and trainers and still has the best you can do with coconut. Mm -hmm. Apparently, this is the best that we can get with coconut. Yes. (laughs) Ooh, what are you drinking? It's another non alcoholic free wave from Athletic. I'm taking a little bit of an alcohol hiatus, which Mm. is a very bad time right now, I feel like, to be doing so. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking but also probably a good time, so... Fair. <laughs> I am as well, only because we took a few days off uh, over the weekend and then a couple extra days and spent most of it drinking, so I'm trying to be good yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm like, yep. look, you could save money for a little while, and, uh, you know, right now I'd probably be drinking heavily if I were having yeah. alcohol, so... <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am technically having a... Tiny bit of alcohol, I guess, in my uh, kombucha because they're like 0.5%. Oh, well, I guess technically I am then too because, so, yeah. Yes. The NA beer does still have alcohol, but it is a negligible sure. amount. Indeed. Kombucha is delicious. So what are you doing with yeah. yourself now that you uh, don't have classes? I only like just finished on Monday and yesterday we did nothing because Jeff was home too and that was nice. And then today I worked at the brewery. Yay. So I'm not completely without job. I just... Yeah. We'll be down to one job, one part-time job instead of three. And also podcast, you, of course. You, you deserve a break, so. Yay, break. I thought about trying to get another job, but then I was like, nah. <laughs> For like a month? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's all I would be able to do until my summer class starts. So <laughs> I'm like, maybe I just yeah. won't. Maybe I just won't do that. And I'll just have my one job and podcast. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a month and a half till my summer class starts. Yay! And then next semester we'll be down to one school with the same curriculum across all three classes that I'm teaching. So that will make it way easier than this semester where I had multiple different curricula that I was working from. Yeah. 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 It's good times. Good times. I'm still tired. Even though I had a lazy weekend, I'm still tired. I hear you. I'm sure I'll catch up. I'll find my energy again someday, but today is not that day. <laughs> Apparently. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway. Fair. So as we are both low energy here, getting ready to go into this 
silly episode. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 6, Window of Opportunity. Yay. Who hasn't wanted to relive the same day over and over again for who knows how long? Mm, Me. (laughs) I mean, there are some days that were really good that I might want to live over again a couple times, but I don't think there are any days that I would want to re- relive f- indefinitely. Four. Well, you are not alone. Jack and Teal feel the same way. Apparently they do. The episode begins on an alien planet. Not with the gate dialing. They're already on the alien planet. It's kind of like a oddly red planet. It sounds kind of stormy. Jack and Sam are talking about the corona mass emissions that are like a giant solar flare that the sun is putting out. I don't know why Jack was confused about that, because being an astronomy buff, I would think that he would know (laughs) at least a little bit about coronal mass emissions and solar flares, but he had no idea. He asked Sam if they were safe in this particular situation, and Sam's like, "Uh, yeah, mostly, as long as we're not here for too long. Elsewhere... A little bit down this walkway, Daniel's hanging out with a guy in what is almost like a giant calliope oh. kind of thing. I don't really know how you would describe this kind of mechanism, but it's got you know like big stone keys instead of like the normal finger-sized <laughs> keys. That's a terrible description, but they're hand-sized. It's buttons. the best I got today. I <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're hand-sized buttons, but they go up and down and. It, makes noise not like music but noise and there's some like metal yeah. balls that get it's sparkly it's hard to <laughs> <It's working. laughs> uh, yeah this is like the worst description ever but sorry sorry everyone that's the best best i can do oh i could have made it worse don't you worry <laughs> there are inscriptions of what daniel says looks like latin on them even though it doesn't look at all like latin but anyway there's inscriptions on it they supposedly mean stuff and daniel's talking with a guy malachi who we don't really know where he's from but he's dressed like a world (laughs) war one soldier so that was weird and not the side of world war one that you might be hoping for either (laughs) he also looks like he spent way more time on this planet than them based on his face yeah yeah, his face yeah. has kind of some like sores and looks like he's yeah. probably been exposed to a bit too much radiation. Or mustard gas? I don't know. <laughs> or mustard gas. That was the entirety of my knowledge <laughs> of World War One. <laughs> he's been in the trenches a bit too long and yeah. They're talking about the storm that's approaching too and Malachi is trying to warn Dr. Jackson that they should be getting out of there because the radiation is going to be too dangerous. But Daniel's like, ah, Sam will let us know when we have to leave. It's fine. Everything's fine. And he sees that there's a particular line of text that seems to keep recurring that Malachi translates to conqueror of time. But Daniel's like, well, no, actually, this would be more like master of the uncertain past. Okay. Coconut is saying hi because she's continuing to be a jerk. We haven't had any uh, quality time lately. I know. You haven't. You have to come over so that she can visit with you. She misses you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Malachi compliments Daniel on what a skilled linguist he is. And Daniel's like, oh, well, I had the opportunity to hear the language spoken aloud a year or two ago. So <laughs> he likes to brag. Sure does. About the various languages he's heard spoken. Some device that Malachi has beeps, meaning that the geomagnetic disturbance is reaching its peak. So Malachi has to act now, despite the fact that Daniel is still there and he was hoping to get rid of Daniel before he needed to act. What that action is, we don't really know. When I was taking notes, I kind of likened this thing to a whack-a-mole, but for tablets. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's probably a better description now that I'm actually reading my notes <laughs> than a calliope. But yeah, so he plays whack-a-mole with the stone tablets. There's lightning and things buzz. Back over by the gate, Sam tells Jack that they're all set up with whatever research equipment she was setting up over there. They hear the weird noise that's being made by the machine that Malachi is controlling. Back on Earth, we get a quick flash of a technician telling Hammond that there's a wormhole coming in, but then the wormhole just fizzles out. Nothing happens, and there's arcing lightning across the Stargate. That's probably not good. Back on the alien planet, Jack realizes that Malachi has a weapon drawn on Daniel and seems to be doing some shady stuff with the big whack-a-mole calliope thing he's yelling at them to stay back and there's more lightning and then all of a sudden we're in the sgc commissary and they're eating breakfast jack is eating some fruit loops a colorful part of this complete breakfast daniel is telling jack that i'm sorry but that just happens to be how i feel about it what, what do you think? think and jack has no idea what he's talking about or why he's here in the commissary sam asks jack if there's something wrong and jack says maybe that's finally the yes. end of that teaser. Woo, that was long. It was. Sorry, I thought it was shorter than that. I kept thinking that. it was done, yeah. and then it wasn't. <laughs> We're back to clip show credits, I noticed, yes. too. Yes, I did notice that as well. I keep switching back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. It's a transitory period for the credits of Stargate SG-1. Indeed. I don't know. Yeah. We're back in the commissary. Pick up right where we left off, where Jack's like, weren't we just somewhere else? And everyone else is like, uh, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, some planet, just now. Daniel says, no. Jack says, are you sure? Daniel says, yeah. <laughs> he is confused because this is not how he remembered things going. But Sam tells him that they've been there for the past half hour. Jack is still skeptical. But they don't really have time to pursue it because, as Sam says, they're going to be late for a briefing. Which Jack is also confused about. <laughs> so they ask if he's okay. And Jack's like, I'm fine. So they all get up and leave to go to the briefing room. <laughs> in the briefing room, SG-1 is there, as is Hammond. And Sam is telling them about how two weeks ago, SG-15 took some images of solar activity on P4X639. Blah, blah, blah. Science. And then Tilk. Asks Carter, haven't we already had this conversation? You've already briefed us on this whole thing. Jack's like, yeah, I could have sworn that was the case too. But Sam is confused. She's only just telling them this for the first time, as far as she is concerned anyway. But Jack's like, well, you want to go to the planet and set up some kind of remote observatory, right? Sam's like, yeah, that is exactly what I want. And so Jack's like, well, we just did that. 
Daniel says, no, they didn't. But Tilk says, no, we sure did. <laughs> and Hammond asks, well, then what is this briefing about if you've already done that? They continue to talk about the solar activity and the corona mass emissions. Jack is predicting the things that Sam was going to say. And she's like, oh, you just must have read my report. And that's how you already knew all these things I was going to say. Jack's like, really? You think that that would happen? But no, he swears that they've done this whole thing before. And Teal'c agrees with Jack. They have done all of this stuff before. Suddenly, there is an unscheduled off-world activation. And so they all go ahead over to see what that's all about. There are so many fun moments in this episode. But there my are. favorite might be Daniel's face when he repeats back to Sam. Maybe, Maybe he, he read, read your report. Your report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so it really funny. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Daniel. We all know that's not going to happen. No, it was, yeah, very good. <laughs> Agree. Everyone's headed on over to the control room to find out what's up at the Stargate. Jack predicts this unscheduled incoming traveler will be SG-12. Hammond's like, they're not due back for two days. But then they get the GDO transmission. It is indeed SG-12. What? Yep. So Hammond orders the iris open. Tilk predicts one of them will be injured. And then SG-12 comes in and one of them is limping and leaning on someone else. With a bandage wrapped around his shoe. Because yeah. <laughs> that's where bandages go. Sure is. <laughs> I'm always getting hurt in the shoe. And I yeah. have a sole supply of shoe-only band-aids. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to put it, like, on your skin. you got to put it on your yeah. shoe to fix yeah. the injury. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Out in some hallway... Hammond and Sam are talking about what's going on. They think it's pretty weird that Jack and Tilk knew about SG-12's early return and are still insisting that they've been through all of this before. So he's sent them to go and get checked out in the infirmary. Yeah. So they're in the infirmary where Dr. Fraser is examining Jack's eyes with a light. Tilk is also being examined by someone else at the same time. Indeed. Daniel is asking them to explain what happened before they went back to Fruit Loop time. <laughs> so they're walking him through like, oh, Daniel was with Malachi, blah, blah, blah. You got her wrong. And then there was a flash of light. And then Jack was back in the commissary eating Fruit Loops. I love how annoyed and put out Tilk looks when the thermometer is stuck in his mouth <laughs> yes. as Jack is explaining all this, just kind of in the background. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty good. Dr. Frazier looks kind of weird. At <laughs> she looks like a weird look. I don't know. She looked kind of skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously she is, but it's just funny. Yes. She says to Hammond that she can't find anything wrong with them. They're just going to need to wait for the lab results to uh, see if there is anything that she can't see from just examining them. Daniel wants to know why they can remember things that haven't happened yet, but not him or Sam. And Hammond tables the mission because he doesn't want to send anyone off in this weird circumstance. A reasonable idea. Agreed. Later, Jack is walking down a hallway and Daniel catches up with him and is talking about some of the translations that he's made from the images that were taken by SG-15. 
Maybe there's some sort of a clue in there, but there's about 400 pages worth or the equivalent thereof of alien text that's going to need to be translated in order for them to be able to figure out this whole thing. That's a lot. Silurk suddenly comes running down the hallway and runs straight into Daniel, knocking him to the floor, and his papers go everywhere. (laughs) And Siler apologizes and helps him up. (laughs) And Jack has the reaction of, should have seen that coming. (laughs) And then we decide to go back to the commissary. It's not Fruit Loot time, but Jack has gone to have some coffee, which I'm on board with. Yeah. Coffee's... Coffee time is even more important than Fruit Loot time. Yeah, coffee's great. Mm. Sam comes to see him and wants to know if he knows what she's going to say. But he's like, no, things are different. We were on the planet at this time before. I like how happy she looked when she shows up. She's like, what am I going to say? <laughs> she just looks so excited. <laughs> and then she's disappointed when he tells her it's different. <laughs> Sam has an idea. She's been thinking about this situation and she thinks maybe you're not remembering future events. Maybe you're time traveling. And he's like, mm-hmm. for six hours? And she's like, well, we've time traveled before. We went to 1969. Good year. Which is way more than six hours. Then she says something science-y about subspace, subspace fields and inversions. Hi, coconut. I don't know why now is the time for everyone outside to make tons of noise that Coconut wants to bark at. Of course. Yeah. Jack's like, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) She gets up to leave because she's going to go run some simulations. Jack's like, after she leaves, he's like, you run, simulate, let me know how it turns out. Keep me posted. (laughs) Keep me apprised. (laughs) Jack's having a great time with this repeating time thing yeah yeah he seems pretty grumpy yeah (laughs) in hammond's office he's talking to jack and tilk about the fact that they seem perfectly fine according to dr fraser's tests and everything that she's done there's nothing wrong with them so jack wants to go back to work and hammond has no objections with that he's cut off by the gate activation alarm this is an unscheduled off-world activation (laughs) o'neill says don't (laughs) In the gate room, we see that the iris is closed. We see the same effect that we had before of the gate looking like it was going to open and then closing and then lightning flashing across it. Hammond asks what's going on down there. The technician isn't sure what's going on down there. We've never seen anything like that before. But Jack's like, well, we have. (laughs) And he and Chill kind of look at each other. There's a big flash of light. We're back in the commissary again. It's Fruit Loop time. And it's also time for Daniel to ask what Jack thinks, because that just happens to be how he feels about it. Exactly. Jack just, you know, sits back and is basically like, damn it. (laughs) He doesn't say that, but like, (laughs) no, that's the expression on his face. And Sam's like something wrong. And he says, yes, something in the briefing room. Sam goes to start in again, but only gets a few words out when Jack just yells, We've We've done done this! this. (laughs) He closes the folder and throws it on the table. And Daniel's like, yeah, we do this every day. But Jack doesn't mean briefing. He means this whole day, in fact, they have done before. And Tilk agrees again. They talk about the fact that they went to P4X639 and then have been repeating time now a couple times since then. Hammond doesn't know what to make of this whole thing. 
Sam is incredulous. Daniel is skeptical. Jack wants to know why he and Teal'c are the only ones that can remember any of this. They don't have an answer for that. Jack's like, yeah, I know. That's what you said last time, but we still don't really know. Maybe it has something to do with that planet. To prove his point that they've already lived through this day, Jack tries to count down to the gate opening uh, for SG-12 to return. He counts down 3, 2, 1, and then nothing happens. And Hammond tells him that SG-12 isn't due back for three days. And then we get the unscheduled off-world activation. And Jack is disappointed. He is so close. (laughs) So close. After SG-12 is back, presumably, they all go back to the infirmary again so that Dr. Fraser can shine a light in Jack's eyes and someone can stick a thermometer in Teal'c's mouth. Which they actually do twice in this scene, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Teal'c is not having it. He just kind of keeps his mouth shut no. and they just wedge it in there. Yes, and I think it's also a glitch that, like, because Jack was talking and they showed Tilk getting the uh, thermometer stuck in his mouth in the background, and then they showed a second shot close-up of Tilk's face with a thermometer being stuck in his mouth. So I'm pretty sure they did that by accident. It's not going to work if he has his teeth closed anyway. It just seems pointless. Anyway. (laughs) But maybe he's not that uncooperative that he would shut his teeth. Yeah. Jack and uh, Teal'c insist that they're not going to find anything wrong with them. The lab results aren't going to help. Dr. Frazier's like, humor me. And she goes to talk to Hammond, but then Jack jumps in and is like, we shouldn't postpone this mission like you were about to say, because it didn't work last time, so we probably need to go back to that planet. Daniel and Hammond are like, huh, okay, weird. (laughs) They didn't say that, but anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're just like, okay. Yeah. End of scene. End of scene. Out in the hallway again, Jack is once again walking. Daniel once again catches up with a bunch of papers, and he is again talking about 400 pages worth of images to translate, or at least Jack cuts him off as he's about to say that anyway. And Daniel's like, right. And he looks kind of surprised. He holds out an image for Jack. This time we learn that it is a variation of the writings used by the ancients, not just a variation of Latin, as they were talking about before. He was wondering if maybe Jack might recognize any of it from when he was a genius temporarily, but Jack does not. All those memories were taken from him. Siler runs around the corner, slams into Daniel again. (laughs) And Jack seems to be having a good time with that because he didn't stop it. (laughs) Just says, oops. Yeah. That's very silly. I love it. Yeah, quite. Jack and Teal go to see General Hammond at some point after this. He tells them that Dr. Fraser's still waiting on the lab results. and They insist they need to go now or they're not going to be able to fix anything this this loop. Hammond's like, this is difficult for me to accept. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing. And Jack's like... Yeah, if it were just me, I'd agree. But what about Teal'c? Is this the face of a crazy man? Yeah. (laughs) One of the running jokes I like is where he Jack keeps saying something, and then he's like, "Bad example." Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Is this the face of a crazy man? There was the other moment when he was telling Daniel he knew he was going to say that, and Daniel's like, of course that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bad example, yeah. They tell him again they want to go back to 639, which apparently Hammond's going to let him do. Yeah. 
Over on P4X639, the sun's still doing weird stuff. It's still stormy in the background. The team goes through. Sam's got her equipment with her and is talking about how they shouldn't stay long because the geomagnetic storm is building up. There's a whole lot of radiation going on. Jack points them in the way of the whack-a-mole calliope machine thingy. Sam is wondering out loud how it works, and Jack tells her, you know, subspace fields and time inversions, <laughs> which is a bit surprising to Sam. Malachi greets them and seems surprised that there are new people on this planet. Jack accuses him of being the one that started the whole thing, but Malachi says that he doesn't know what they're talking about. He's never met them before. He hasn't done anything. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Tilk thinks maybe Malachi has no memory of what happened before either. And Malachi is like, I'm just an innocent archaeologist, just minding my own business. Uh, I've never seen you before, just translating this alien language like you do. They notice that Malachi has a gun. Jack asks, what kind of archaeologist carries a weapon? <laughs> to which Daniel steps forward and raises his hand. He's like, uh, I do. And again, Jack says, bad example. <laughs> Jack is digging through Malachi's bag and finds a photograph of a woman that Malachi says is his wife. The machine starts to power up suddenly. Sam says that it wasn't anything she did. It just kind of powered up on its own. Jack asks her to turn it off. She doesn't know how. Malachi says it's drawing energy from the atmosphere and there's nothing that Sam can do about it. Jack's like, oh, well, how did you know her name if you've never met us before? Malachi tries to tell them, well, you just said it but no they didn't they know that malachi is full of shit and he does remember them and does know what's happening here jack asks daniel to hurry up and turn this thing off since daniel can at least read some of it <laughs> just like oh seriously <laughs> he says he wouldn't know where to begin he would need years to translate all of this stuff on his own and that is sure not going to happen with the few minutes that they have then there is a blinding flash of light and it's Fruit Loop time again. Fruit Loops. Daniel asks Jack what he thinks. <laughs> and Jack's, Jack's about had it this time. He like just drops his spoon and is like, ugh. Like, Head in his hands. Yeah. Daniel's like, it was just a question. <laughs> and they move on to their repeat briefings. <laughs> this time, Jack doesn't even let Sam start. He's like, we're all stuck in a time loop. Teal'c and I are the only ones who know it. There's an alien device on this planet. It shoots a beam at the Stargate. Subspace something. Teal'c remembers things. So he's like, access to the subspace field. The Stargate is capable of generating. It is powered by ionization. So they're like, this is the science behind this thing. I don't know why you guys don't remember, but I do. And there's no point in having Doc Frazier examine us again. Okay? But she examines them again anyway. <laughs> And we get another scene of the nurse shoving a thermometer in Teal'c's mouth with Teal'c looking very put out by it. <laughs> Fraser's shining a pen light in Jack's eye. And he, he asks, what could possibly be in my eye that could explain this? <laughs> Back out in the hall, Hammond and Sam are talking about whether or not they should believe what's going on according to Jack and Teal'c. And Sam's like, well, it was the last time you've heard Colonel O'Neill use a term like subspace field and geomagnetic storm. So yeah, they're starting to come around to their way of thinking. <laughs> this time, instead of 
letting Sergeant Siler barrel over Daniel. <laughs> Jack goes to Daniel's office as Daniel is about to go out to find him. You're better off in here. Daniel is showing him what he's found, which is that he's translated a section of the West Wall. And he says it's some sort of planetary history. And Jack's like, but but how about the altar, Daniel? Because that's important. Teal'c says that is where Malachi initiated the time loop by manipulating the symbols on the surface. But Daniel's like, well, we might need some context for this. <laughs> Rather <laughs> than just knowing what the symbols say and being able to push them. Push the buttons. The hand buttons. The whack-a-moles. I was going to say the mole buttons. The mole buttons, yes. <laughs> Before you can whack some moles, you yeah. need to read the directions. Yeah. Daniel's like, if I can translate the rest of this text, I can figure out what it's supposed to do. And Jack's like, we know what it does. It's a time loop machine. <laughs> and Daniel's like, who would build a de- device that loops time every 10 hours? <laughs> Maybe that's not what it's supposed to do. <laughs> It could be just an accidental byproduct of its true function. Could be. Then Daniel receives a phone call. And they're going to head off to see Sam, who has something. Back down in the briefing room, Sam is talking to them about what she thinks is likely the science behind the whole time looping thing. And that it has to do with P4X639, the Stargate itself, and Earth. Long story short. Maybe if they dial out to some other random planet, then P4X639 won't be able to dial in. They'll get a busy signal and that'll break the whole loop. That'll work, right? Yeah, sure. They're going to give that a try. They all go down to the gate room and the control room. They try to dial out. They get up to Chevron 5 and then Chevron 6 and then, uh uh-oh, Chevron 7 will not engage. Nobody is very pleased about this. He tries again. It still won't lock. Sam tries to run a diagnostic. But before she gets the chance to do that, the gate starts to dial in. They get an incoming wormhole. Hammond orders them to close the iris, which is not seeming like it's going to do a whole lot of good. And then, in fact, it doesn't do a whole lot of good because we get a white flash and we're back to Fruit Loop time. Um, Nom, 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 nom. Fruit Loops. Jack answers Daniel's question about what he thinks by telling him to ask him tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Later on, after they've gone through the whole, like, explaining the time loop thing again, Teal'c and Jack are in Daniel's office. Daniel's re-explaining about how he needs more than just the symbols on the device translated in order to make things work. Jack's like, we know that. We've been over it. We need to figure this out. Daniel's like, well, if we have had this conversation before, I probably pointed out there's no way I can translate the whole text in a day. Jack's like, I'm ahead of you. He pulls out a tape recorder. He's like, I put the whole thing on tape so you don't have to start from scratch. And he goes to hit play. And it's just silence. And Daniel's like, um, well, when the loop started again, then your recording wouldn't have happened yet. You'd think that might have occurred to him. Yeah, well, (laughs) Tilk gives a nice I told you so. Did I not say that your plan would be unsuccessful? Careful! Be careful. (laughs) Jack suggests what about taking notes? Indelible ink. (laughs) But none of those are good ideas. 
no. Daniel says the only way this is going to work is if you two remember what Daniel translates and apply it the next time so he can continue translating. That seems inconvenient. Yes. Jack's like, okay, how hard can it be? He picks up one of the pieces of uh, paper with an image on it, and Daniel has to turn it around because he had it backwards, upside down. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the indication of how hard it will be. Indeed. Back in the briefing room, Sam says that Jack told her about their attempts to dial out last time, and so now she thinks that the entire planet is out of sync with the rest of the universe. Hammond asks about SG-12 and how they managed to get in. She says they seem to be in some kind of subspace bubble. It's not just affecting Earth, but also several other planets in this general area. So probably SG-12 was on a planet that's also being affected by this little subspace bubble they've, they've got going on. Hammond wants to know what all this means. And basically what that means is that Earth and also several other planets are living the same day over and over again. Maybe thousands of times. Who knows? They would never know necessarily if it weren't for Jack and Teal'c reporting that that's what's happening. Hammond wants to know what they can do about it. And Sam's like, well, not a whole lot. (laughs) Sucks. Because as far as we're concerned, once tomorrow happens, we won't even remember this conversation. (laughs) Oh, dear. Mm. In Daniel's office, don't know which loop i don't know if we're on the same loops anymore don't know but anyway jack is reading a book called latin for the novice and the author is stargate person see the showrunner director joseph i forget exactly his role but how do you say his last name malazzi i guess phd so yeah that was a cute little uh joke cute little nod yeah yeah (laughs) jack's trying to learn some latin Daniel's doing some translating. Jack admits to Tilk that every time that the loop starts over, Daniel is asking him a question and <laughs> he wasn't listening the first time Daniel asked it. So he's never going to know what's going on. And Tilk's like, you're not the only one who must endure discomfort, O'Neill. And then we get a flashback <laughs> of where Tilk begins his loop every time, which is with... Somebody opening a door right in his face. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy's like, sorry, I didn't realize you were there. (laughs) In this particular one, Teal'c's like, you have said that on many occasions. Perhaps next time I will not be so forgiving. (laughs) Back in Daniel's office, they're continuing to try to translate. Jack is bored and he's playing with some scrunched up balls of paper. There's another flash. Implying another loop, we're still in Daniel's office. Jack is still playing with some balls of paper, but kind of trying to juggle them a little bit. Then we get another flash. More translating happening. Jack's getting better and better at juggling. (laughs) Another flash. Jack is standing and quite competently juggling. Another flash. And Jack and Tilk are both standing and they are both (laughs) juggling. And then finally, in one of these flashes, Daniel turns around and notices. And he's like, you know, guys, this is pretty important. Maybe pay attention. (laughs) And then there's an unscheduled off-world activation. And we're Fruit Looping. This time, there are no Fruit Loops, actually, though. We are in the commissary. Jack's got his legs up. He's got a plate and some ketchup and mustard in his hands. And Teal'c's like, uh, shouldn't we be, uh, doing some work? 
And Jack says he's taking this time loop off. And if we don't get out of this soon, I'm going to lose it. Which Teal doesn't seem to comprehend. So he explains, lose it means crazy, nuts, insane, bonzo, no longer in possession of one's faculties. <laughs> While he's explaining this to Teal, he has started squeezing the ketchup and mustard onto the plate. At which point, at the end of it, he picks it up and is like three fries short of a Happy Meal wacko and holds up a plate that has a ketchup and mustard smiley face on it. <laughs> I feel like it's a really iconic scene yeah. for this show. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the Lego website like an adult person does <laughs> and looking at some of like the tentative new Lego designs and they had a couple up for Stargate and one of them actually had the ketchup and mustard faceplate <laughs> as an accessory for Jack O'Neill's little little Lego person and I thought That's it was amazing. fantastic and I really want that to become a real thing agreed back in Daniel's office they're continuing to translate Tilk and Jack are obviously a little bit burnt out Daniel sits down next to them and asks Jack how many loops we've been through and Jack and Tilk have both lost track Daniel's like, well, that must be really frustrating, but, you know, in some ways it's kind of freeing because you can do whatever you want and have absolutely no consequences because, you know, it's all going to start all over again. Jack and Tilk both kind of look at each other. Jack suddenly gets up and says, excuse me. And Tilk then puts down the chalk that he was writing with, bows to Daniel, and quietly leaves the room. (laughs) Daniel stares after them both in disbelief. We get another flash of light. I really love that it did not occur to them that yeah. they could just do whatever. Yeah, and that they just both suddenly are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's go do that. <laughs> so we get a series of loops in which we watch Jack learn how to throw pottery. Is that the word? Where is this happening? I, I mean, I assume somewhere in the SGC, but where do they get, where does he get the wheel? Like, exactly. Do they keep stuff like that there in case people are trapped there long term and <laughs> they need to make their own pots? Right? Yeah. Is there a kiln too? Like, I was wondering that also. Yeah. Or maybe he just Answers leaves. we don't care. I don't know. Yeah. Also thrown in there, Jack is riding his bike through the SGC. Jack and Teal are playing golf through the Stargate. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite ones, especially yeah. because they're dressed like, where do they get the full golf yeah, kit? I don't know. Like the full golf getups. Yeah. Must be in the costume department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they haven't had much to do lately, so. They're breaking records by hitting their golf balls through the gate several billion miles. Yeah. At one point. General Hammond catches them from, it sounds like off screen, the control room, I assume. I would assume. And he's like, what are you doing? Colonel O'Neill, what the hell are you doing? And Jack's like, in, in the, the middle, middle of my backswing. Yeah. I just like the alternating flashes between these various events. Yes. Seeing Jack get better at his pottery and presumably Jack and Teal getting better at their backswing. Yeah. Teal'c takes an opportunity to slam the uh, airman who keeps hitting him in the face back into the room he was in. <laughs> I like how happy he looks when he then continues down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, we get Jack wearing his civvies, carrying a piece of paper on over to Hammond. And Hammond's like, "What's what are you doing? What's this? And he's like, I'm resigning. 
They want to know why. And Jack's like, so I can do this. And he grabs Sam and gives her a big kiss. And then the loop is over. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty great. It's all, yeah. it all much fun. Very good. Quite. At the beginning of that next loop, we see Sam smiling, almost as if she can remember something, but can't quite remember. Jack is smiling. She wants to know what he's smiling at. He's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> Daniel is standing at the front of the table. They're apparently in a briefing here. And once we zoom out from Jack and Sam smiling into the camera. They're talking about the translations that they've managed to make so far. Apparently, even with all the fun that Jack and Teal'c were having, they haven't completely given up on their translation work. <laughs> Daniel says that as he had originally suspected, P4X639 was once a colony of the ancients, and they were struck by some sort of cataclysm, and he thinks that they were building a time machine in order to try to go back in time and reverse or prevent their own destruction, but they were never able to get the thing to work right. It did for them back then what it is currently doing now and just looped the same 10 hours over and over and over again without actually being able to go back and accomplish anything. But the good news is that that means that the loop has to be able to be broken somehow since we're not still looping the same 10 hour span that the ancients were looping, right? <laughs> Daniel says that, well, these geomagnetic storms are one of the key components to this whole thing happening. And they happen every 50 years or so. So that's why Malachi was able to get this thing going again now. But again, Jack points out, yeah, but the loop can be broken though, right? Daniel's like, oh, I was getting to that. We have to activate the symbols on the altar in the right sequence. And then, yeah, we can probably shut it down. So Hammond gives them the order to get ready to leave in 30 minutes. Next, we see the team has made it through the gate back to P4X639. Sam's reading her instruments about the geometric storm again. Jack says what she would have said. <laughs> yeah. And she is surprised. Again, don't know why, since she already knows what's going on. They head on over to Malachi and the whack-a-mole machine. <laughs> Malachi is not right at the machine. They've got to kind of look for him. But while they're doing that, Tilk whacks right into a force field that throws him back violently. Yes. Malachi then makes himself known. And he's like, I can't let you break this time loop. Jack picks up a stone and throws it at the force field. I'm not sure why. Maybe... I think oh, he was trying to see if it, if goes it was through. like, yeah, if it was like against a thing against energy weapons or something That's right. slower could get through, like similar. He was comparing it to the uh, personal That's force right. field of the and gold. It is not like that because no. he throws that kind of lightly at it and it freaking flies back at yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, so. not the same principle. No. <laughs> It is, in fact, though, some sort of gold force shield because Malachi had to trade several rare artifacts in order to get it, but it was well worth it, he says. Daniel's like, we gotta stop the loop, and Malachi is like, nope. <laughs> I'm still trying to get this time device to work the way it's supposed to. Jack makes a reference to Groundhog Day that Malachi would have no way of understanding. <laughs> it turns out that Malachi is trying to go back and see his long dead wife one more time. She's still gonna die because she didn't die from 
some horrible accident or a murder or anything. She had a heart failure. Defect. So he can't save her anyway. But he does want to see her that one more time. Daniel gives him the bad news that the device does not work and never has. That the ancients who built it never were able to figure it out. And they gave up. Not only that, these are the people who built the Stargate. They couldn't fix yeah. it. If they can't get it to work, yeah. no one's getting it yeah. to work. They also let him know it's not just affecting him and or the people of Earth. It is, in fact, affecting multiple planets and billions of lives because the device activated 14 Stargates simultaneously and they're all reliving the same day over and over again. And he's sort of like, oops. oh, oops. <laughs> so, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's just, yeah, you know, hadn't considered the implications of what he's doing. But he's like, no, no, the time loop will be broken once I figure this out. <laughs> and then I can touch my wife's face again and hear her laugh and then watch her die. And Jack's like, then what? What are you going to do then? Jack explains that he, in fact, knows what Malachi is going through, having lost his child. And he would love to see his son again, but going back in time to watch him die again, really not something he's looking to do. Yeah, so that'd be pretty messed up. And he asks Malachi, could you watch your wife die again? He's like, no. So it's time to let her go. And Malachi agrees and he turns he whacks the right moles to turn it off <laughs> he does Whew. yeah back in the gate room the team returns Hammond is there to greet them and asks if they were successful and jack says you know if at first you don't succeed try 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 again in the commissary jack is now enjoying a giant bowl of oatmeal that he's just sloppy eating like he's got a big glop of very dry and gross looking oatmeal on a spoon kind of like a giant lollipop of oatmeal daniel doesn't think he's ever seen anyone enjoy oatmeal so much and jack's like well i've been eating fruit loops for who knows how long but i like some variety they just got a message in from the tokra according to sam and the tokra have been trying to get in contact with them for over three months and who knows how long it was before the tokra even started trying to reach them so it was probably well over three months yikes that they were stuck in this loop. Daniel decides to ask, you know, were you ever tempted to uh, do anything super crazy and weird in all that looping? I mean, you could do anything without worrying about the consequences. Jack says, yeah, you've asked me about that before. (laughs) Daniel says, and? Jack just takes a look at Carter with a little smile. (laughs) It's a little creepy, but... I'm still going to allow it because I just love that scene so much. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to worry about the creepiness factor of it. I'm going to have willful ignorance about that. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) It's okay. She seemed pretty into the kiss when it happened. Yeah, she for sure was. So, yep. Agree. So it's just a, yeah, nobody else remembers this. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, Kathy, did you like the episode? I, this is not going to be a long explanation. (laughs) Yes. I love this episode. It's so fun. It is. And I have nothing bad to say about it at all. Or even anything interesting. Fair. (laughs) 
How about you? <laughs> I also really enjoy this episode. It. I don't feel like we could even properly do it justice with how funny no. this episode actually is. But like we were talking about last time when we were talking about the description for it, they do a really good job of the Groundhog Day scenario here where a lot of other shows that do a plot like this will still show the exact same scenes over and over again to the point where the viewer gets bored. And they made each one just different enough when they were repeating them before. And then still managed to imply that the loop was happening again without showing us all of the backstory every time. Yeah. They really made it different enough that you don't get bored watching it. So I yeah. think they did a great job with how they portrayed the different loops happening without shoving it into our faces that it was supposed to be the same day over and over again. And it was just such a funny episode. It was good. And I, I liked the running gags and sort of continuity yes. too, like mm-hmm. uh, Jack's bad example, Tilk with the yes. uh, thermometer and yes. them learning to juggle. And like, it's just, it was just all, it was just all good. Yes. So much good. Just a fun episode. Yeah. 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 What's next? Next. Well, let's find out. Netflix. Where be the? That's a way to say that <laughs> that I've never said before. Next, we are watching Stargate SG One season four, episode seven, Watergate. Hmm. Netflix says when the Stargate won't open, the team learns that the Russians have their own Stargate apparently recovered after an Asgard ship crashed on Earth. Huh. Yeah. I wonder when that happened. Hmm. Can't imagine. Yeah. The booklet says, SG-1 joins forces with a beautiful Russian scientist to investigate a rogue Stargate in Siberia. That's a weird way of putting that. Linked yes, to yes a is. mysterious water planet. The team must venture via submarine to the water planet, where they encounter an unexpectedly terrifying alien presence that just might destroy them all. Interesting. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us through our website, which is stargatesing.space. If you're feeling generous, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash stargatesing. We very much appreciate any financial support as well as likes and reviews to help us keep the show going I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. Oh my god, should we call this fruit looping? <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> That's a fantastic idea.